1: Welcome to Felony Friday, a presentation of the Lions of Liberty podcast.
0: Here is your host, John Odermatt. Felons, friends, and freedom lovers, welcome back to yet another edition of Felony Friday, a weekly show right here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. Of course, we focus each and every single Friday on exposing injustice in this nation's broken criminal justice system. If you aren't familiar with Lions of Liberty, what we're all about, what the format of our podcast is, let me tell you, it's a variety show. We have three different shows. We have a Monday show hosted by Mark Clare, where he interviews leaders in the the liberty movement. We have a Wednesday show hosted by Brian McWilliams. It's your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty. And every Friday, you get Felony Friday. You can get all three of these shows by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, or wherever you podcast. Be sure to subscribe. You don't want to miss an episode, and you don't want to miss any of these recent episodes. Uh, Mark Clare and I were at the Libertarian National Convention in New Orleans just this past week. I just got back. On Wednesday, I guess, on the Fourth of July is when I when we returned to Pittsburgh. But we were there. We covered the entire convention. Mark, Mark, and myself. We covered the Mises Caucus Bash event that they had uh, right before the as the convention was was getting started. Just incredible interviews. Go back and if you if you haven't heard them yet, check out. The interviews that Mark Claire posted at the beginning of this week from the Mises Caucus Bash and um, interviews surrounding that, interviews with Tom Woods, Larry Sharp, uh, Joshua Smith, bunch of great interviews. You want to check out all of those interviews. But of course, today's show, Felony Friday, I have two awesome interviews lined up for you with Maj Touré, the uh, founder of Black Guns Matter and Eric Mulder, who's running for sheriff in Arapahoe County on the Libertarian Ticket. And I'll talk a little bit more about those interviews in a minute, but I really want to encourage you guys, if you haven't yet, we did do all, all these interviews, we live streamed them on Facebook, and we're going to be doing a lot more live streaming on our Facebook page. You're going to want to go to the Facebook and follow. Give us a like. Uh, be sure to like Lines of Liberty, the page... And also, be sure to join our Facebook group, the Lions of Liberty Forum. And if you really love the content we're we're dishing out and you want us to do more of this stuff, more of these live events, please consider joining the Lions of Liberty Pride. You can go to slash Lions of Liberty and toss us 5, 10, 15, 25, 100 bucks, whatever you want to give us per month. You'll get goodies in return, you'll get bonus content in return, all that good stuff. So, Check it out. The show notes page for today, for today's episode, will be at com slash FF131, because this is the 131st episode of Felony Friday, and this is going to be two separate interviews in one show. The first interview is with Maj Touré. Uh, Maj was at the Libertarian National Convention. He uh, participated in a panel, a uh, black community outreach panel with um cynthia mckinley and Latanya whittington and it was an exceptional panel it was hosted by adam kokesh and maj and i talk about that panel we, we talk a little bit about uh what black guns matter has been able to accomplish uh so far in uh, in urban communities so incredible stuff um one of my favorite interviews from the weekend so i definitely wanted to bring it to you guys in podcast form so here it is, my interview with Maj Touré live from the Libertarian National Convention. If you do hear background noise and stuff like that, it's because we're in a media room and there's other stuff going on. There's other people talking and we're sitting right next to each other. So you might pick up a little bit of, of that going on. But that's, that's ambience. You can't you can't pay for that stuff. It's, it's great. And well, you can pay for it, but it's free. It's free from us. So enjoy it. Here it is. What's up, Lions of Liberty fans? This is John Odermatt, uh, Felony Friday, here with Maj Touré. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having Good me. Good to meet you in person, sure, man. For sure, for sure. And uh, we're at the Libertarian National Convention. First yeah. question to you, man. What are you doing here? Are you, are, you, are
1: you a Libertarian now? So I think in essence a lot of us are. Um, we may just, especially in urban America, we just may not know the languaging or the term. Sometimes we do stuff and don't have the terminology. Uh, but I think in principle and in theory a lot of us are. Um, Again, we just don't know the, the titling of it. Um, I had I've had conversations, you know, with like Killer Mike and, you know, uh, Big Boy from Outkast is a huge libertarian, you know. So the principles, absolutely. Um, I'm here kind of to try to figure out how I can get the understanding translated into in you know hoods across America, really. i um, just to show people that they have a viable option outside of just the two party system. You know, so I'm, I'm here for that. Um, it's been love. It's been good energy. It's been a lot of good networking and, and positive, supportive people that have a, a passion for principles. You know, and that that is kind of absent in a lot of different spaces. That was a
0: cool event last night. Uh, so for those watching out there and listening on the podcast, Adam Kokesh put together a, uh, I think it was titled uh, Black Community Outreach. Yeah. Um, and it was uh, yourself, Cynthia McKinley. Yeah. And I'm blanking on the yeah. third woman's La- La- name. Yeah. Latanya Whittington. Tanya
1: Whittington.
0: Yeah. And can you, can you just talk a little bit about, um,
1: you know, really what the theme of that event was? And well, it was it's funny because it was two things when I forget who I spoke to and it was like, yeah, we're going to call it the Black Outreach Panel. I was like, oh, that's a horrible name. And he was like, no, because we kind of want it when they explained it to me. I'm like, we want to be very direct about there needs to be more people, African-American, black people in the Libertarian Party. I'm like, OK, I could get with the directness to that. Um, so that's really what the panel was about. But bigger than that, it was, you know, Latanya La- 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 deals with um, marijuana legalization. She works for Normal down in Houston, right. I think, in Texas. Uh, Cynthia McKinney, you know, our congresswoman, mm-hmm. author, just a bunch of stuff. Like, she's like a, a Walmart of knowledge. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, who else? Uh, Adam is Adam, like the... Um, But, I mean, he he brought that together to kind of like address and highlight some of the issues that the Libertarian Party is trying to make an active change and making sure that, again, they're making themselves Mm -hmm. viable and accessible to urban America. You know, it's a tug of war in the sense of you need more hands on the liberty side of things. So um, that's what the panel was about. I mean, we, we, we went from prison industrial complex conversation to, you know, cultural paradigm shifts. Um, that are necessary and things of that nature
0: that was cool because yeah you you brought that up that there really needs to be a change really in the way we're we're thinking about things because it's um i think there's certain things people are are raised um in certain situations where they just kind of react Mm -hmm. right and uh just because that's how they've what they've seen that's just what they've done so but like what's kind of a way to sort of ignite a spark to to
1: change that. Well, for one, you got to recognize that, um, you know, something that uh, Cynthia said on the panel yesterday was finding out we've all been rigged. You've been rigged to believe a certain concept. One, finding out where your rigging for yourself is being done and accepting either, yeah, I'm cool with that rigging or no, I want to change that rigging. Mm -hmm. That's the first step. And then in understanding that about self, you go, okay, these people that are um, uh, communicating with me a certain way are basing it off of their paradigm or their rigging. So it takes some of the sting out of it. It's like, you don't even know me personally. It's like, I move around. I got tattoos. I got long hair. I got all of this, you know, stuff that people go. But it's like, yo, we had a conversation with me. It realigns that Mm -hmm. perception. So I think one of the things is making sure that the the recognizing the rigging, again, even in the Libertarian Party, to have a panel discussion like that and be very upfront with it, saying, hey, we've been rigged a certain way. Some of that's intentional. Some of that's accidental. How can we change the rigging that we're disagreeing with? Mm -hmm. You know, that's step one. And then coming from that place of principle. Not leading necessarily with race per se, but going, hey, we are trying to get more people of African you know, descent, African-Americans into the Libertarian mm-hmm. Party because that's necessary. However, those principles, the reason why we're doing this is because these principles are not being shared um, or may not be communicated as, as effectively as we would like to this specific area. But the principles are still a thing. So leading with the principles, recognizing your own rigging and recognizing that those other people that you're trying to actually reach have some rigging of their own to do. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, looking at it for the marathon run, not necessarily the sprint. Where do you think we are with that? Because, I
0: mean, especially looking at recent events with uh, really Kanye West coming out and uh, as uh, Scott Adams will say, really shaking the box, Mm -hmm. um, making people think, not necessarily like endorsing Donald Trump, but thinking. You know, you're allowed to think for yourself, start looking at other options and what Candace Owens is is doing, too. Do you think within the black community that there's there's more uh, more openness to
1: other political ideologies in order to uh, change things? Absolutely, because, um, I mean, that started changing when these smartphones became very popular. Mm. You know what I'm saying? If you said libertarian, let's say iPhone one libertarian in the hood is like, what? I don't know what you're talking about.
0: I think that's outside of the hood, too. Right. (laughs) You know what I'm saying?
1: (laughs) When that information access starts changing because, okay, I'm not just using my phone for Candy Crush, Mm -hmm. you know, it's other information coming across my Explore pages, even on social media. Um, Saying that to say, yeah, the the hood is open to those things, but it gotta be be legit. It's no different than I've had conversations with really large Second Amendment organizations for the work that we're doing at Black Guns Matter. Mm -hmm. It can't just be a photo op. It can't just be, hey, I want to take the picture with the guy and use that as the thing to show that I'm in support of, you know. So, for example, Pete Brownell, who was the president of NRA up until recently, he just didn't, you know, want to be the president anymore. He didn't read, you know, uh, throw his name back in the the hat. He gave us $5,000. The work that we're doing and having these free classes around the country to everybody in urban America specifically are free to all. Firearm safety, basic law. You know what you have to do to get your license to carry. You know, as well as teaching people to think outside of that box. These are free classes. Saying this to say, we do that off of the support of everybody else. A, a bigger dude that is does five thousand dollars is not going to hurt him, but it's a hell of a symbol mm-hmm. to say, "Hey, I'm supporting the work that this thing is done." That's legit. That's a he's literally putting his money where walk, his mouth walking is. Walking the walk. Right. A lot of people talk, but yeah, walking right. the walk. We need more than that. So our community is open to those things, but you know, you got It, it got to be legit. It got to be real. The, 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 listen, no one in the hood is saying, oh, even though we have traditionally for some time now voted democratically, nobody in the hood is going, you know, uh, this this is the only way. This this is, you know, we do it because maybe we, we voted out of fear or tradition. Mm-hmm. But when you present new information to people, it might be an initial backlash. But at the same time, when the dust settles, people are still going to go. Yeah, I think I get what Kanye was trying to say. I might disagree with this part of what he was trying to say, but yeah, you know, black people don't have to just be, and it was doubled down by Chance the Rapper, Mm -hmm. just because you black doesn't mean you only have to go Democrat, nor does it mean you got to just go and mass exodus just to Republican Party. We're in a space now where those things are being opened, you know, Mm -hmm. and it just has to be viable, legitimate things. When it's viable and legitimate, nobody's going to go, yeah, I'm going to just stay here because this is... You know, what I'm used to when there's a viable option that's like, okay, I'll stay here if there's no viable option that I can see. But I will not stay here if there are viable options. When you show people, you know, most of the areas, again, the work that we're doing, most of the areas that we go into are democratically ran cities that have high extreme violent rates that also have high gun control. On the mm-hmm. same time, they're telling you gun control is supposed to make you safer, but it's historically not. It's not. When you put that basic information in front of somebody and go, hey, here's a party that's in support of you having the right to defend your life. OK, that's an easy fix for them, you know, but you just have to make that information accessible. It got to be tangible and it got to be real. And there will be and not, it don't even got to be a force. It'll just be. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. So, yeah, we in that space.
0: And I think that's that's the hardest part, though, as as libertarians is is getting that message. So people actually see it. Yeah, um, I'm a. Uh, I managed a campaign for Dale Kearns Libertarian, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, I think you've met Dale before. Yeah. But it's um, the media. Number one, your major news media—they're not even reporting on yeah. libertarian candidates. But uh, it, it's hard to get the message in front of people, um, in front of uh, you know the, the African American community, to even know that. Hey, you know we have you know a Democrat candidate who, for as long as I can remember, they've been sort of pro-gun control. Yeah. Um, and uh, the Republicans who are pro-Second Amendment, but there's you know, other policies which obviously are terrible for, uh, for the black community, they don't even know there's the third option. Right. So
1: they're kind of taking the lesser of two evils. The reason for that is because the Libertarian Party has to have liaisons. It's just like a corporation. You can't, you can't go into a community and, you know, if there's no trust already there, you would have to set up shop and build trust. Mm-hmm. But you, You're trying to build the party, so you kind of can't at the same time. But at this, what you have to do is have liaisons that are already there that can translate the information, even if we're saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. If my community is rigged, their rigs are, mm, I'm not as trustworthy because of the fact that we've been taking advantage before. And this is all I know presently. There's no, again, there's no reason for me to believe that there's another viable option. And my rigging says this person is coming to extract as opposed to build. Right, right. Liaisons are, again, like I said yesterday, it's like the mob. Hey, you vouching for him? Yeah, I'm vouching for him. They're good people. So, all right, I'll give him a shot. Because good or bad, whatever happens, that's your fault because you vouch for him. That's the beauty of a liaison. You cannot, tra- and you got to respect that. You got to respect that. It's like, yo, there's certain things that, you know, if you don't speak the language, if you don't fit the environment, it's going to be much difficult for that, that messaging to get through. You have to have influencers and liaisons. And I think that's one of the major reasons why I'm here, to see mm-hmm. who's, be- who's open, who's being willing to say, hey, I'll work with you as our liaison. I would love to for, to have somebody in the you know the Libertarian Party to say, hey, we're gonna donate to the work that you're doing. It's the same thing I had said to, to Pete Brownell. He said, I love what you're doing here. It's five thousand mm-hmm. dollars, right? I'm like Pete. In exchange for that, I want my community to understand who you are, what you do, so forth and so on. That has to happen in every single organization. If the Libertarian Party wants to say, hey, we want to get into urban America, it has to be something meaningful. Meaningful that says that my demographic says, no, no, no. They they, talk, they walk in that walk because mm-hmm. they're getting behind the work that's actually helping our community. You to actually th- see them in the community, right? You got to yeah. see it. You got to see it. You got to see the work. You got to see the reps. You got to see the, 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 the tangibility of the, the philosophy, mm-hmm. you know, because to me, as, in studying, okay, the, the, it clearly makes sense, but that's because I'm seeking out knowledge. Mm-hmm. Somebody else that's in an everyday grind, you, the knowledge got to be brought to them. Right,
2: right. You know what I'm
1: saying? And you can't do it. Like, you just got to, certain things, it's like, if you're not if I'm not playing, I'm not... There's less of a chance of me playing, being a linebacker in my size. It's just what it is. I may not be a defensive lineman, right? I may be a running back. Mm-hmm. I definitely could be a point guard in basketball, you know? But I probably won't be the center. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so you just got to recognize what your lane is. And still, it's still, we're trying to, as a team, to get the W. And so I think both sides are there. I think I, think I would love to see more, you know, libertarian candidates, uh, just members you know get behind even and it sounds like a shameless plug you know but we're doing the work we're doing the work that's going to educate inform protect urban america and getting them back in the alignment with you know the concept of freedom of you being in control of you and me being in control of me you know so i think the libertarian party does um represent that but uh, you know we got to create more strategic relationships
0: well, let's talk about Black Guns Matter a yeah. little bit because, um, I mean, you've had a lot of success. Mm-hmm. So for those who, I mean, maybe, maybe some people out there aren't familiar with uh, really the work you've done. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some of your successes and, yeah. you know, where I mean, you've been all, all across the U.S. Yeah. So.
1: so some of the successes have been, you know, bridging those gaps like this. So next year, if I come to the Libertarian National Convention, mm-hmm. you know, there'll be a bunch of other people from, you know, hoods across America, whether that's black hood, white hood, Spanish hood, Asian hood, whatever. You know, getting more people, working class people to come be, you know, make their presence felt. We've had success with that in the gun community in our classes because we're going to the places where traditionally firearms are looked at as taboo and bad. Mm-hmm. So we've had tremendous success there. Um, but the other successes are, you know, again, bridging those gaps in places where, oh, going to these other organiz- or these organizations or these gun movements or these Gun shows. Oh, we can do that too. Mm-hmm. Bridging those gaps and getting people that you know from traditional communities in uh, in regards to the Second Amendment, going. Oh man, thank you for bringing these people because we did not know how to reach them. Being that translation, translator, and that connector is something mm-hmm. that we've been very successful at. Um, some of the failures have been it just hasn't been fast enough, and we haven't raised funds fast enough. Um, we've we raised it's hard about a, yeah. <laughs> we've raised about a hundred and I think we had like maybe hundred and twenty something twenty three thousand dollars um but we've used that to hit already 40 cities and do these free classes isn't it amazing
0: i think that with organizations like yours or even with the libertarian party i think we make our money go so much farther than when you look at the you know the big time like yeah. even like you look at the nra yeah. you look you look at the republican or democrat party hundred thousand dollars for small organizations like this can I mean, stretch
1: we're gonna make it count yeah, yeah you can stretch and it's like to get that done on the shoestring budget it's amazing um it's amazing. You got to mm-hmm. honor that. You know what I'm saying? Some of these big companies, like that's their catering budget for like the quarter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So to be able to take information, and again, that's creating strategic partnerships, linking with trainers in each one of those cities. And hey, you're a trainer, come teach this class for free, mm-hmm. basic firearm anatomy and things of that nature, basic firearm rules. Hey, you're the attorney, Mark Victor. Come talk about freedom in that concept in mm-hmm. Phoenix. You know, hey, you know, azfirearms.com. You guys have, you know, this place in pot of gold auctions. You guys have this location. You know, let's bring the community and use your location all for free to support the community. And then mm-hmm. in turn, the community then gets bit supports those businesses and those trainers and those lawyers. It's a beautiful symbiotic relationship. Very libertarian. Thing. It's a very libertarian <laughs> thing. So in theory, we're doing these things. Mm-hmm. We just may not know. That, you know, there's a way to make money as well as be socially, in, make, make make a living and make an impact, mm-hmm. right? There's there's a way to be socially responsible as well as, okay, we can support businesses, right. you know, um, especially on the local level. Those are more of the areas that we've had success in. Um, but again, for me, it's, it's a, you know, our goal was $150,000, we're well, maybe $20,000 away from that. I would love to, and I'm, I've been kind of running this in my mind. Imagine if we could do what we did in two years. If we do this another year after the tour, imagine if we can get the same impact mm-hmm. in half the time. You know, so to me, being so close to that goal, you know, it's like, man, how can I refine this? How can I, how can I do this better, stronger, and yeah, faster? Sure. Learn from your mistakes. Right. I mean, right.
0: We all make mistakes. Yep. And that's so, how you. Uh, that's how you improve. That's you know? how you grow. Awesome man. Well, uh, I just want to want you to uh, let everyone know out yeah. there watching on Facebook, listening on the podcast. How can they learn more about Black Guns Matter? How yeah. can they donate? How can they get the, the
1: T-shirt you yeah. were wearing yesterday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, everybody yeah. Everybody, is watching. You guys can go and women can go out to um, our website is officialblackgunsmatter.com. Um, our GoFundMe. If you're listening, if you agree with any of the things that we're saying right now, um, the GoFundMe is gofundme.com/slash uh, Black Guns Matter. Um, If you're a crypto person DM me I'll send you a key If you want to donate In cryptocurrency We do that as well That's something That I've never seen before And that's trying to Be ahead of the curve a bit Accepting donations In crypto You know what I'm saying Um, Some dudes are like Yo I got some Litecoin I got some Bitcoin I got some Ethereum You know what I mean Mm -hmm. Um, So you know You guys can do that Uh, If you want the shirts The Black Guns Matter merch That's at Um, Solutionarylifestyle.bigcartel.com Bigger than all of that stuff It's just You know Reach out to people, um, you know, link up, communicate, uh, just try to think a little bit more outside of the box. And, and, you know, if you've found information about the Libertarian Party, reach out to other organizations or areas that are not within your personal silo, you know, because that's how we strengthen and get more hands, you know, on this side of, you know, the tug of war. Awesome,
0: man. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really enjoyed
1: it. Same here. (laughs) Peace. (laughs)
0: All right, hopefully you guys enjoyed that uh, episode there, that interview there with Maj Touré. Like I said at the top, one of my favorite conversations that I had the entire weekend. I think it's it's so important, what we talked about, so important to find ways to reach people who are really outside the circle of influence uh, that the Libertarian Party wields. We need to make alliances. We need to, as Maj Touré talked about, bring advocates, um, find people to vouch for us uh, w- within the black community, with Maj Touré hopefully being one of those people, one of those voices that can uh, can come in and be a voice to say, you know what, these guys are principled, these guys care about individual rights, they care about your rights, and they're, uh, they're they're here to support your rights, here to support your right to, to defend your, your life, your speech, uh, your family, and to uh, to live in a free society. That's that's what it's all about. So the message will sell itself, but it's getting the ability to get out there and communicate the message to people, which is that's that first barrier we gotta get over. So really enjoyed that interview with Maj Tore. Next up is my interview that I did with Eric Mulder. He is a candidate for sheriff in Arapahoe County, Colorado. Eric has some really fantastic ideas. I really enjoyed speaking with him. I'll talk a little bit more about Eric's ideas after the interview, but without further ado, I give you Eric Mulder. What's up, Lions of Liberty? This is John Odermatt, host of Felony Friday here at the LNC Convention in New Orleans with Eric Mulder. Eric. Thank you, John. Good to meet you. Thanks for coming on the show. (laughs) Absolutely. Great to be here. Eric is running for sheriff in Arapahoe County. Did I say that right? Yep. Arapahoe County, Colorado. In Eric, let's get right to it. You're a libertarian, obviously. What brought you to the ideas of liberty? Honestly,
2: what brought me to the ideas of liberty, it was a mix of a couple of things. I would say one of the earliest influences I had was Ron Paul. Because as a kid growing up, I wasn't sure of my political ideology, much like any other child growing up tried different ideas. And what drew me into libertarianism initially was Ron Paul's stances of non-intervention, things of that nature. And then from there... I went to my first Libertarian County meeting in El Paso County, which is where Colorado Springs is, about 90 minutes away from my hometown. Mm-hmm. And it was from there I learned about free markets, voluntary association, voluntarism, things of that nature. So that's when I really started to dive in and that's what I do. yes, this is my political
0: home. So you started out as a Republican, decided to get involved with the Libertarian Party, and now you're running on the Libertarian Ticket. What motivated you to make that step?
2: Well, I was initially an independent and I stayed that way for a couple of years. The Libertarian Party is the only party I've been registered with. And what really encouraged me to start getting more involved with the Libertarian Party actually was the Gary Johnson part, was the Gary Johnson campaign in 2016. I like to make the joke that... Rod Paul was who convinced me I was a libertarian, and Gary Johnson was who convinced me to put on the suit and do something about it.
0: That's interesting. Was it when he stuck his tongue out? Was that when? <laughs> <No.
2: laughs> it was a it was a good mix of a couple of things, but mostly what I liked about his approach is that he was very approachable during his mm-hmm. campaign, and he made the case for non-intervention, opposition to the war on drugs, and that resonated with a lot of people, myself included. Okay,
0: so let's talk a little bit about your race. Um, Lance Psycho, who's sitting over here, a uh, member of Lions of Liberty Pride, has been telling me that uh, you have a very good chance of of winning. It's a very competitive race. You're running against, I think, a Republican and a Democrat. So do you have a chance to win? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because the
2: Republican and the Democrat, it's a repeat from 2014. Both candidates are exactly the same. They ran against each other in 2014, and they're doing it again on 2018. Mm -hmm. They are both literally going through the motions. The Republican is going through his... Talking points he used against the Democrat the last time, and the Democrats using the same talking points he used the last time. So, I'm really the only new factor in this race, and that's gotten a lot of people excited. I've convinced a lot of people that libertarians should be sheriff, and I've gotten a lot of people to hear what a libertarian actually is for Mm -hmm. a lot of them for the first time in their life. And I'm getting first time people saying, Hey, can I pass out your literature when I go door to door for other candidates? So We've been very successful at just reaching people on an individual level.
0: That's cool, so what is, what's your approach? When you approach somebody new, an independent or even a Republican or a Democrat, um, what's your selling point? Why should they campaign for you, vote for you,
2: donate money? Yep, absolutely. One of the biggest reasons that I've been able to win over people is my platform. It's been dubbed the 3D platform because all three of the major planks start with D. Mm-hmm. First plank is demilitarization because the federal government has exerted way too much influence over local law enforcement through the 1033 program, saying, "Hey, if you want all these fancy toys that we have left over from the military, you got to toe the line and you got to use them the way we want to." And I'm completely opposed to the 1033 program, much in the same regard that the polls
0: were. Can you tell us a little bit more for listeners out there, what exactly is the 1033 program? Because it's fairly recent that it was instituted, right?
2: Uh, Somewhat. It's been ongoing for a couple of years, but it didn't quite make as much attention as it is now, which Mm -hmm. we're finding with a lot of issues. Is that a lot of backlash against issues that are coming to the surface now? A lot of those issues have been ongoing for a very long time so it's not just particular administrations it's just been the way things have been done for a while which is the problem Mm -hmm. and the 1033 program to be specific it's the federal government program where local police departments get their up armored vehicles m16s body armor things of that nature and what's important to emphasize about demilitarization is that it's not about taking away law enforcement's ability to protect themselves from danger. I was in the military for six years, so I know a lot of the dangers that they face. But it's also about changing mindsets because, for example, the MRAP, which is a popular vehicle distributed through the 1033 program, in nearly every measurable test when it comes to the needs of a police department, the MRAP falls significantly short compared to the bearcat, per se. What, do you, what What is the MRAP? Can you tell us? Absolutely. So the MRAP is in a... Uh, Military up-armored vehicle. It looks like a Humvee on steroids. I used those when I was in Afghanistan. And what police departments are finding the problem to be with the MRAP because most departments aren't going to turn that down because it's Mm -hmm. like, hey, a free MRAP from the government, no strings attached, (sighs) we'll take it. (laughs) Free from the government. But what they're fast finding out is that free does not mean free because the MRAP requires specialized maintenance. It requires parts from specialized distributors, and there's very few of them because Mm -hmm. they mostly contract with the military. And what they're also finding is that the MRAP is really good at resisting improvised explosive devices, IEDs, but that's what they were built to do. Resist IEDs in Afghanistan and Iraq. They weren't so much built for handling the everyday needs of police departments.
0: Not a lot of IEDs around, you know, when you're yep, definitely, patrolling a, yeah. a suburban area or the Yeah, city not or, too many
2: IEDs <laughs> in Arapahoe County. We yeah. don't have to deal with that very often.
0: Yeah, so the 1033 program, I mean, I think it's, I'm all for demilitarizing demilitarizing the police. Mm-hmm. But one of the reasons why I think they started that program is because they had all this excess all these excess vehicles coming in, all these all this excess uh the body armor, all that stuff from the foreign wars. So where would that stuff go to if we're able to I guess that, I guess that would happen at the federal level. It doesn't really affect your race. Mm-hmm. But uh, what would happen with all that stuff?
2: Ultimately, I think it would be a good idea to take a page out of Rod Paul's book. We need to start taking these swords and turning them into plowshares. We could scrap ed wraps down for the metals that we need. Excellent. We could redistribute these materials and use them for other purposes.
0: Excellent answer. I like that. I like that <laughs> a lot. Um, so, let's talk about your race a, a little bit more. When is mm-hmm. what are the details on it? When is the election? Well, the election's coming
2: up on November sixth. So that's going to be right around the same time as all the other elections in Colorado. We've got. All of our statewide executive races, governor, lieutenant governor, treasurer, secretary of state, attorney general. We've got the U.S. House races coming up, and we've got the state general assembly races coming up. So the state house and the state assembly and all of our county races are going to be happening on that, on that day. So Election Day, November 6th, it's
0: going to be a real big day in Colorado. And if you are elected, which you have a very good chance of being elected, what are the first couple things that, that you would do? Honestly,
2: one of the first couple of things I'm going to be doing going back to my military training is do a left seat, right seat with the incumbent sheriff because I'm going to need to spend some time in the department before I'm sworn in and I really start getting to work to just get a feel for the culture around the Arapaho County Sheriff's Office, get a feeling for where everyone's at, where everyone's feeling uneasy and where the uncertainty is.
0: Mm-hmm. And then a- after that, um, policy-wise, what's, what's one thing that, that
2: you would implement? Absolutely. Policy-wise, I definitely want to take a look at our standard operating procedures. Because of the military, we do that mindset as well. Everything that we do is written down, and it's in manuals. Because of the military, we are trained to follow the standard, and we are trained to do things over and over again. And we've seen a lot recently with police videos and police encounters that people are recording. There's a lot of bad training that's been going out there. Mm -hmm. We've been seeing very sloppy detainment procedures, very bad usage of force. And it's like, we could address this through retraining and we could do this through repeating the proper training that we need to do.
0: That's, that's an excellent point. So is it as, easy, is it as simple as re, just retraining people? Because, I mean, just a couple weeks ago, an event that comes to mind, a shooting, police shooting that comes to mind is, uh, I'm from Pittsburgh, oh. and there was a, a young kid that was gunned down. He was running away from police unarmed and uh, was shot shot three times and killed. So events like that, is retraining enough to really stop that from occurring?
2: Oh, no, you're absolutely right. That is just not enough. But retraining is just one part of the aspect because we are finding that people rightfully don't trust their own law enforcement agencies because it's literally an us versus them mindset. And this is coming from the law enforcement side as well. Law enforcement believes there's a war on law enforcement. So right now we're seeing this disconnect between public trust and law enforcement trust. And that's the importance of having a citizen libertarian as the sheriff of a county. You can serve as that citizen commander-in-chief. Give people that confidence that, yes, we control the system. The system doesn't control us. So not only in cases like that where retraining might be necessary, but complete and total thorough investigations have to be conducted. So that means the sheriff, I need to be asking the tough questions for whatever an incident happened. saying, all right, we're going to go over this step by step. We're going to see what happened here. So that way I need to know if actions need to be taken further, if mm-hmm. retraining is not enough, if we have to go a step
0: further. Right on, right on. Um, let's talk about the war on drugs a little bit. Because there are some uh, some counties across the United States that have been able to implement some programs wherein um, they're pretty much nullify uh, the war on drugs. And they're able to uh, help people help people who are struggling with addiction, per se, uh, maybe come forward and not face the threat of arrest and prosecution as they're getting help. Police departments, some some have been facilitating that. Is that something that you would consider doing? Absolutely. And
2: Colorado itself has found a lot of success with that. Over in San Miguel County, we have a sheriff, Bill Masters. He was initially elected as a libertarian, Mm. actually. He's gone on to other parties, but the mindset is still there. And he's been a longtime sheriff. We're talking several decades. And he's even written a book about the failures of the war on drugs. And he has stated, no-knock raids, hurt community trust, treating the opioid crisis as a law emergency instead of what it actually is, a medical emergency, that doesn't help anybody. Because we've got counties across this country and states across this country who are finding that the most effective solution to this Mm -hmm. is to treat it as a issue of treatment. That means destigmatizing, going to get help, going into rehab, and in some cases, even having to decriminalize things like needle exchanges, decriminalize the issuing of life-saving medication. that's another big part of my platform is decriminalization because the war on drugs mindset has simply not
0: helped anyone. Mm -hmm. And in Colorado, it seems like that is an area that's probably a little bit ahead of the rest of the country. Absolutely. I like to believe that Colorado has
2: been a trailblazer in a lot of ways, especially several of the organizations and the local community groups who are pushing for this decriminalization approach, Mm -hmm. who are pushing for criminal justice reform, for drug possession reform, things of that nature, because they understand people aren't going to get help if they're afraid of going to jail for trying to get help.
0: Right on. So we're going to wrap things up. I want you to tell the people listening out there on Facebook, watching on Facebook too, and the people listening to this podcast, how can they, number one, find your campaign, um, and how can they help? The easiest way to find my
2: campaign, I'm right here on social media. I'm on Facebook at Mulder for Sheriff. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Mulder for Sheriff as well. You could also go onto my website, mulderforsheriff.com and you can contribute on my Pack page. A lot of people are always worried about fundraising. They're thinking, can I really make a difference? And the answer is yes. Just $10 alone pays for an entire month of my web hosting. $5 can get me 30 leaflets, and $5 could even get me five bumper stickers. So yes, even just $5 can help me out because I'm running a very aggressive grassroots campaign on this issue. The Republicans raised $16,000 to my 3,000 so far. And that 3,000 has come from concerned everyday citizens who are giving two or three bucks anywhere they can give it. So I can absolutely use the help and I will absolutely welcome your help because we can bring a demilitarized approach to the sheriff's department, a decriminalized approach, and we can uphold the due process that's written right in the constitution that says, yes, you are entitled to protections and due process of law. And that's for every citizen in this county.
0: Very cool, Eric. Well, thank you so much for your time today and good luck. Thank you for having me on the show, John. We'll see you. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed those two interviews with Maj Touré and with Eric Mulder. You know, the Libertarian National Convention overall, I came away very impressed at several different aspects. Number one, There are great people in the party. There are hard-working people in the party. And the problem is a lot of people see the outside. They see what one or two people say. Uh, They see what the former vice chair, Arvind Vora chose to say. Some of the things he released. Maybe some of the memes that were actually released by the Libertarian Party themselves. Um, One that praised uh, satan or satan worship worshiping for, for something like that which came out up a, a year or so ago that's stupid shit that's dumb it's that stuff should not come out of an organization like the libertarian party um, it's just it's bad messaging bad marketing bad persuasion it's bad all the above but with that being said i met more people who have their shit together who are working hard in their local communities to advance the ideas of liberty. I met more people than you can freaking imagine. And it was awesome. It was incredible to, you know, share strategies with them, uh, talk goals, talk about what we see coming up in 2018 in this election, what we see coming up in 2020 uh, when we elect the, when we nominate the next uh, libertarian candidate and maybe elect the first libertarian president. Who knows? Anything can happen. These are crazy times. But I just want to pass on one message, one message that's very important to me because it keeps coming back. Just this past week after the convention, Tom Woods, who actually spoke at the Mises Caucus event, was so energized by what he saw happening within the party with uh, Alex Merced becoming the vice chair, Joshua Smith becoming a member of the at-large LNC uh, that in part with just the energy around the uh, Mises Caucus take human action bash that was thrown by Michael Heist that was an absolute wild success with those things Tom Woods joined the Libertarian Party and many more people are good, are going to join the Libertarian Party and I encourage you listening today if you're not a member you know do what you want to do but let, let me let me put it this way if you care about what the libertarian party says and does the candidates they put forward if you personally care if it's something that you get angry about you get upset about and you stomp your feet then you should probably join the party if you don't care what the libertarian party does you probably shouldn't join the party it's pretty much that simple so i think the important takeaway is that 2020 is a very important year I think 2018 is also a very important year for midterms and how libertarians perform in those midterms. That's why I am helping uh, with the Dale Kearns campaign as the campaign manager. But 2020, there's a chance the libertarians could vault onto the national stage. Maybe, possibly, it's a long shot, but squeak into a debate. Ask yourself, who do you want on that stage in that debate? Who do you want carrying the message of liberty? And if you care about who that representative is, then you should join the party. You should join the party right now. I'm not making any money off you joining the party. I'm just telling you, it's simple. Um, It's the only way you're going to have an impact to actually become active, become a delegate, and go to, I think, uh, the next convention in 2020 is in Austin, Texas. I'll be there. I can't speak for Mark, but... I'm 99% sure my colleague Mark Claire will be there. I think some of these the other lines of liberty are also coming to the same consensus, the same observation that I've come to that the best way to make a political change is from within the Libertarian Party. So think about it, mull it over. Uh it was just a, a great weekend. I met so many awesome people and normal people, fun people. We had so much fun going out to to Bourbon Street, to Frenchman Street, seeing uh, seeing music dancing karaoke just so much fun and it's just just a great time so hopefully down the road um you consider joining the libertarian party yourself you listeners out there but if you don't that's fine too and you can complain about it i'm not saying don't complain if you don't join you can complain i, I don't care i'm just saying it probably makes more sense to join if, if you're going to complain that's all I got, guys. It's been an exhausting couple of weeks. Pork fest, followed up by this incredible uh Libertarian National Convention in Nola. Uh, I just want to thank my good friend and colleague Mark Clare for uh for really running this convention with me, go you know, going through and getting these interviews. We we worked on a lot together. Mark was in front of the camera a lot more, but I promise you that I was <laughs> I was right there with him behind the camera and uh helping to line these interviews up. It was just a freaking blast. This is a great time. And uh, great to spend some time with Mark. You know, we've been doing this podcast together for a very long time, and we hardly ever see each other. I got to see, the, you know, the whole Lions crew came together for Porkfest, which was amazing, and we're going to do it again next year. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just cool. And we have you guys to thank. We have the listeners to thank. <clears throat> we have our – excuse me. My mouth is getting dry. We have some – uh We have our patrons to thank who have funded this whole thing. So I'm just so freaking excited about the future of this podcast, about the future of the Liberty movement and the small role that we're going to play in that. I'm excited and I hope that you come and join and uh, help us make that impact. Join us, join the Lions of Liberty Pride, donate as little as $5 a month, get bonus content and help fuel the Lions of Liberty to the next level. That's all I got. Rant over Thank you so much for listening. This is John Odermatt signing off. Always remember to keep your head up and the fires of Liberty burning.